What up? It's the Back Daddy Experience. Recently saw the new Dune film. It was excellent. And just yesterday they officially announced they were green lighting the second one. Which will hit theaters October 22nd of 2023. So, hopefully I get to see it. Life is unpredictable. So seeing a movie two years from now is the least of our worries. But if I do get the opportunity, I totally will. Moving along. So, there were a few things, uh, half a dozen or so, that I'd like to compare the 2021 Dune with the Dune cinematically. 37 years ago, 1984, David Lynch version. So, I'm going to compare intros first. Uh, David Lynch had Princess Irulan do the introduction in the film. And Dennis Villeneuve, or I'll just say V because I haven't heard his name pronounced anywhere. In his version, he had Chani talking about her experience of the Harkonnens pulling up on their planet and ruining things. Um, so that's immediately a, a, a pretty big difference, um, especially if you're talking about adapting it from book to film. I don't think there's ever going to be a faithful adaptation just because of the nature of, of literature. You can layer things in there in ways that even visual artists cannot. Even though you can put, you know, you can cover like two, three hundred pages of material in, you know, several hours or whatever it's going to take. Um, the nuances that occur in your brain when you read just are, are different than the nuances from when you watch something visually. I mean, that's why each art form exists in the first place, to express things on different levels. Anyway, in the book, the person's words that you read first are from Princess Irulan, so point goes to the Lynch movie. Moving on. Oh, wait. Before we move on. One of the reasons I brought this up was because she touches on so many things. Like, that little intro lays, like, a huge foundation for the entire movie. Because, one, she establishes who she is, not by name, but by title, being the princess, because she discusses her, you know, she literally calls out her dad, the Emperor Shaddam the Fourth, or specifically the Padishah Emperor Shaddam the Fourth. And she also refers to Spice as Melange. And in the new Doom movie, which I, I will watch again, but I did not hear it referred to as Melange once. Um, also, 
they discuss how the spice expands consciousness and it discusses how the guild navigators mutated and they can fold space by utilizing gases from the spice. All that's covered just with this chick doing the narration intro. Um, I think that's pretty heavy stuff because you know one of the the appeals of, of doing is the the aspect of consciousness expansion, and, uh, how the spice functions in that capacity. So, with that being the case. Let's move on to Gurney Halleck. So you got Patrick Stewart representing the David Lynch camp, and you got Josh Brolin representing the Dennis V camp. Um, Josh Brolin was awesome. I take absolutely nothing from him. I prefer Patrick Stewart's Gurney because in the, there's a scene where Paul Atreides is sitting with his back to a door. So, that's a no-no, because, you know, someone could creep up on you, obviously. But, what ends up happening, in the one, or the latest film, Gurney Halleck is like, you're not in the mood. It doesn't matter if you're in the mood. Like, that was kind of his take. He didn't say anything too crazy. Meanwhile, Patrick Stewart, <laughs> he says, moods are a thing for cattle and love play. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I just felt like that was more impactful. I just, <laughs> his personality came through and, you know, his point was well taken. You know, he said that and he jumped on Paul Trady, so. I got to give points for Gurney Halleck on that one. Um, then you have Piter. Piter DeVries. Uh, Baron Var Vladimir Harkonnen's Mentat. Now, I didn't hear the term Mentat uh, utilized in the New Doom. I mean, maybe it's just me. I could have messed up. I am human. It is possible. However, um, in David Lynch's doom, not only do they mention Mentats, call them thinking computers, but he also defines the diamond shape on Dr. Yui's head. And in the new film, you see the diamond, but you don't, there's nowhere where they infer that it's from imperial conditioning, meaning that this individual can be trusted with anything, like literally. And in the new film, in the, um, the new film, that's not referenced, but in David Lynch's film, Peter DeVries has a bigger role. He's portrayed by Brad Dorff, who is also famous for being Chucky, the voice of Chucky. Brad Dorff does a great job. His Peter DeVries has lots of personality. He has more scenes. He speaks more. He's more of a presence. In the new film, you just see Peter and you think he's like 
Vladimir Harkonnen's advisor. You think he's just the Baron's advisor, as opposed to this fighter who literally, the plan of betrayal utilizing Dr. Yui was never occurred. Because in David Lynch's Dune, they established that Piter was key and integral in breaking the imperial conditioning of Dr. Yui, with his wife being the catalyst. So, both in appearance, in statements, in presence, and in information and content related to the source material of Dune, this Piter. Um, I hate to use this terminology, but again, I don't, you know, I'm conflicted. He shits on my man. He's the better fighter. That's simple. He's just better. On, on, on multiple points, like, I felt that the presence of the new fighter wasn't fully established. And, you know, based on what occurs with him in the movie... I don't think a second movie is going to do much to elevate that status for him. Um, I mean, Brad Dorff's Spider is he's awesome. It's that simple. He's just awesome. I mean, even the way that he... uh. Even the way he dies is cool. It's, he's more intense. He just like you know, he's poisoned and his eyes are bulging. He screams and the, the scream squelches. It's just incredible. Um, it was dope. It was it was good. So they got him beat on the Piter thing. Um, Thufer, I, I wasn't a big fan of Thufer. Um, whether it be the book or the films. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't really know how to, uh, how to say it. Uh, I mean, I understand the function and nature of the character. I'm not exactly a fan of the character, but I don't really feel like either Thufer was superior. But if I had to go at one, I would lean towards the David Lynch one. Why? Because he brings up the Chome Company. And uh, Chome is all about money and getting, you know, access to a Chome contract means just like perpetual wealth. Uh, and that's, you know, one of the names of the game. As far as side side characters, David Lynch wins again. Linda Hunt portraying the shout out memes. Uh, the shadow meeps in the new movie, it was like she was just a shadow. Like a literal shadow. Not very present as a character. Like not impactful. Like, oh, you remember the shadow meeps? But Linda Hunt's shadow meeps, not just the appearance, but the performance, everything about her was memorable. Like she stood out. Whereas. The new shout-out Mapes just doesn't stand out for me. It's just that simple. It's just I, I barely remember what she looks like, and I've seen the Doom movie, <laughs> the new one, at least five times. Uh, and she just doesn't stand out for me. Uh, and then you, you go with the Beast for Ban. In 
David Lynch's version, The Beast for Band, has a counterpoint, which is Fade Rotha. Fade Rotha played by Sting. Fade was favored by the Baron and was being groomed to take the Baron's place whenever the Baron died. Whenever that would be, Fade would be in line. And Fade was a little smarter than Raban, still vicious, but smarter. And he was a good counterpoint for that Raban. Uh, that Raban didn't have a lot of scenes, just like Dave Batista's Raban didn't have a lot of scenes. Um, he definitely had a great look to him and uh, visually imposing, but you don't get a sense of him, even though we, we did see him beheading people, yes. He beheads people. He's a Harkonnen. But in terms of like who he is, like what his personality is, like, you don't get that. And David Lynch's, you get the personality. Guy's disgusting pig. Uh, will eat eyeballs off the floor. Murder people type of guy. Like, he's just really fucked up. And it's established that way. And uh, I think the new film not having Fade Rotha in it, it might not necessarily work for it. They might have left it out because the Baron's a pervert and he's kind of got the hots for Fade. And that's gross. So they might have left it out. Who knows? I mean, the Baron's disgusting in general. You don't see the heart plugs like they had in <laughs> David Lynch's movie. <laughs> um, so these are some significant differences. Um, and... I mean, I'm not. I was never a big fan of Raban, or Raban, however you want to say. It. Never a big fan of him, but I mean, I have to give at least right now, two years from now, when they release the second part, and I can see more of what Dave Batista's Raban is about. I can give it to him, um, but. As of now, the other Raban is David Lynch's Raban is better than me. Um, same with the Doctor Ua. Uh, they didn't, you know, you get a sense of him. He, he wants to look out for Paul. He cares about people, but he's he's so dry. And Ua was dry, but he was also passionate in David Lynch's. And, uh, you know, you, you got a sense of the depths of his despair at, at being the access point of humiliation for the Atreides family, that he would betray them for his wife. Um, but he was just better. Uh, better depiction. And another another thing about the Lynch version is he really puts a lot of things in the book and in the movie but he, he styles it in, in his way he you know I, I've heard repeatedly that he doesn't like his version of the movie and that's cool uh, as I've said a billion times you create something and you put it out into the world now it takes a life of its own it, 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 it you know it incubated in you and you gave birth to it but once you gave birth to it, now it's it's out in the world. Now it's going to be interacted with, observed, 
it's going to take on a, a life and existence of its own. And having been a fan of the books and of that movie, uh, I still think after 37 years, uh, sans some special effects, it, it holds up. I mean, it's 37 years later. I mean, literally, some scenes and lines, if you look, I mean, I know it's the same source material, but um, some scenes and lines flow back and forth between the two movies. You can, like when they, uh, Duke Leto saves the, the workers. I mean, the number of workers changed. They had 21 in the new movie. They had 26, I think, in the old movie. But the same thing, you know, applies. You had the harvester. The carrier came. The carrier had a broken thing. They, they went to save the workers as they're flying away. You see the worm eating. And David Lynch's worm looked just as cool as the new one. I mean, for 37 years, I mean, technologically, the advancements are huge. So, yeah, uh, Dennis V's worms are really good. But 37 years ago, I mean, it still looks cool. And you know they didn't have the technology, so I, you know I don't even know how they put that together, but I'm impressed. Um, what else? Um, there was a certain ruthlessness to Kyle McLaughlin's Paul Atreides that I liked over the new Paul Atreides. You know, I, I, I felt like he had that intensity, and, uh, you know, the whole sleeper has awakened thing, like, you know, uh, Lynch would touch on the, the benchmark phrases and ideologies in, in the book. That was a vital thing for Paul when his father gives him the speech about you know, there's an aspect of us that, that is asleep, and, you know, when, when the sleeper awakens within us, you know, we'll be, like, fully realized, like, that type of shit, and that's just not in the new one, um, so, I mean, I give the edge to Kyle McLaughlin until the second movie comes out. That's just how it goes, you know? Just a meaningless opinion for fun's sake. Um, I mean, I'd have to wait for the second movie to see what kind of impact Zendaya's uh, Chani has. Um, so I can't really say much because you, you don't see much. Um, in the instance where you don't see a lot, but it makes a, a great impact, is Javier Bardem. His Stilgar, top-notch, man. Beautiful stuff. Walking into that room just with that, that swagger and that otherworldliness, because, you know, and, and the cultural difference, like, you know, Fremen versus uh, Off-Worlder. Um, really cool shit. Really cool. His Stilgar is awesome. Um, I did love the original Stilgar, but I feel like this Stilgar has just got more chuts for it. He's just better. Javier Bardem is just better. <laughs> um, and I look forward to seeing more of what he's about in the second movie. 
um, because that's the only thing. The second movie will be the tilting point between these two movies, because technically you only saw half a movie, and because you saw half a movie, he got to pace things differently, and you know you'll get to see what he focuses on more in the the next film, which will be interesting. Interesting to see what he does with it, where he goes. Um, the Duncan Idaho deal. So, Jason Momoa's Duncan Idaho is awesome. And, you know, in that capacity, I wish they were able to do more Dune films because the character of Duncan Idaho has an interesting journey that just doesn't end. It, it becomes pure sci-fi. But also, Momoa's funny, he's affable, he feels like a brother, he feels like a friend, you know, like just his scene talking to Paul near the plane, or when he sees Paul again on Arrakis, or, you know, when he's fighting and killing people, defending, you know, Paul and Lady Jessica, everything about this Duncan was way fucking cooler than the one in David Lynch's movie. He was okay, but, you know, I can't help but seeing him as Michael J. Fox's uncle in The Secret of My Success. And I despised that guy, that movie. Uh, <laughs> so my personal haterade aside, Jason Momoa killed it, and uh, that's how I see it. He did a fantastic job. He was great. I've heard him say he felt weird, you know, all these heavyweight actors and and this stuff, but I mean, he held his own and he fucking killed it. I loved him in this movie. He did a great, great job. Um, in terms of Lady Jessica's, I'm biased, so my opinion doesn't matter in that particular regard because Rebecca Ferguson plays Lady Jessica, and I loved her as Rose the Hat and Dr. Sleep. And I love her performances. Um, she has so many different nuances to her. Uh, I thought she was fantastic. Um, the, the original one was great, too. The one from the David Lynch film. She was great, but... There's something about her, and I feel like the second movie, again, I elevate her further, but for now, she's my pick. Like, she was great. Um, she did a great job. As far as who else is there? Well, there's Chani's dad, Dr. Liette Kynes. Um, I don't really know why they cast a woman. I don't, I don't know. It didn't matter. It didn't impact the story uh, differently. And I felt like the actress performed well. Um, I, but, I mean, it's also unfair to compare that performance to the performance of the actor who played uh, Dr. Liet before because it's Max von Sydow, man. The shop owner from Needful Things. Ming the fucking Merciless. He's been in a lot of things. He's been great in most, if not all of them. So, that's a tough call. You know? 
you're just going up against a master, so it is rough. You know, I think that this actor's did a good job, though, but um, I don't know. I give the edge to the, the Lynch movie. I mean, just in terms of, of Dune itself, you know, the implications of, of what they talk about uh, are bigger. Just like with the whole Piter thing. I mean, you would never get a sense that Piter set up that that betrayal from Dr. Yui from the new movie at all. It's just like, oh, it's a Harkonnen thing, the, the Baron. But you never get the sense that Piter's involved or that he's even a Mentat. You know, and the Mentats are like human thinking computers. I mean, it's crazy. You know, um, and in that sense, uh, the references, you know, they're just actually more in alignment with the book, in my opinion. Um, you know, because that's all the fuck it is, is a perspective. It's fun to bandy about perspective. I rewatched both movies back to back, separately, back to back again, like, uh, I'm very happy that they made a Dune movie, and I'm very happy that people are going to go see it. I don't really care if uh, you know people think my opinion is utter bullshit. I'm just glad they're going to see it, because that means that more people will probably read the book. And that reading books is always good. Anything that promotes the reading of literature, where you have a literate population instead of a population that's just like texting literate. You know, because there's a lot of nuances that are lost. Uh, but anyway, love the new movie. Love the David Lynch version. I'm just comparing them relative to the source material. A lot of people are like, David Lynch went crazy. He went off the, you know. But you see in his movie the fucking mutated navigators that fold space for inter, you know, interstellar travel. You see these fools. You don't really see them in, in the new one. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's stuff like that. It's like, because that's what makes it crazy. They're basically like human sandworms. That's what they are. And they use up the spice and then they be folding space and shit. That's crazy. Like, can you imagine if that's how interstellar travel really works? You fold space, so you fold, like, from the point that you were at to the point that you want to be. And you just fold space. And you're there. Traveling without moving. You fold the space, and then you arrive at the fold. Fucking dope. Anyway... I know I made it sound like I do not love this new version, but again, the old Dune has been the, the primary visual cinematic representation of Dune for 37 years. This movie just came out in, what, October 22nd, something like that. So, yeah, um, maybe I'll notice some other things. This is just all what I've immediately noticed. Anyway, I'm the fact daddy, and I'm just talking shit. Uh, thank every single person 
who listen to me. All five of you are awesome people. And I appreciate it so, so much. Thanks a lot. You'll be hearing from me again. Be safe. Enjoy life. Peace.